Shalom Mishpacha. Shalom, family. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word, and that's what it means, family. We're the Mishpocha, the family with the Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people where the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile. It's finally come down to form one new man, getting ready, Mishpocha, to blow the grandest shofar, oh, the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone everywhere to hear the good news. We want everyone everywhere to be red-hot for the Messiah. My guest, Shane Warren, is red hot for the Messiah because that's normal. Everyone should be red hot for the Messiah. And he has seen the future of America. But what I like to do is talk a little bit about what my guests have seen beforehand that have come to pass. Uh, You have an amazing gift and uh, He is the senior pastor of First Assembly of God in West Monroe, Louisiana, Shane Warren. Uh, And Shane, uh, just as a young man, you began to get a gift of prophecy uh, where you would know people's names, uh, even addresses, specifics. When this started happening with you, um, what did you feel? What did you think? Were you uh, afraid? What what occurred when this first started happening? When it first started happening, Sid, I didn't really understand uh, what was going on with me. You know, uh, my family or friends would call it something. They would they would say it was psychic, but I didn't I didn't know that there was such gifts that the Holy Spirit could give you where He could show you things. And one of those gifts that the Holy Spirit shows you is the gift of showing you things to come. And so from time to time, I would have these things that would come into my life to where I would know certain events or certain things or certain aspects about people. And it was just the gift of the Holy Spirit coming. So at first I was startled by it. And then through time, I've learned and I'm still learning how to... uh, allow that to move and to step into the fullness of that. Now, now, how? what normally triggers this? Is it like out of the blue, you're in a restaurant, or uh, is it usually in a worship service? Uh, how, how does this normally get activated? There's really not any kind of uh, set pattern to that. I've had it in almost every setting that you can imagine. I've had it in, in business settings. I've had it in settings in a restaurant. I've had it in, of course, church settings is the primary place where I see it happen most of all, I think, because people are expecting uh, in those settings. But uh, I've had it just about everywhere. Now, you heard about 9-11 before 9-11 took place. Describe that to me. Well, I was pastoring a church uh, in Tennessee, and the Sunday before that event, I stood up in the church, and while I was preaching in the middle of my message, I just stopped, and I said, I smell death in the air, and I called the church to a time of prayer. I said, I feel like everybody needs to get on their face. We need to pray and seek God. I don't know what this is, but I can smell uh, the stench of death, and what I was smelling there, uh, Sid, was uh, as a young man, I had been... uh, with my family and saw or witnessed a car crash of which people burned up in that car crash. And that smell, anybody that's ever experienced that will tell you there is a a very distinct stench that comes with that. And that was the smell that I could smell in my nostrils. And then I began to uh, say, you know, I don't know what this means, but the, the number 11 is significant. The 11 is the sign or the number of confusion. 12 is the number of order. And there's confusion in the land. 
little did I know that just a few days later that event would happen. And but but then uh, one of the more amazing things to me is you literally knew about the housing collapse that would happen in America before it happened. What were the circumstances of that? I was speaking on a Sunday morning, actually on a totally different message, and the Lord began to uh, speak through me that uh, that Americans had trusted in a bull, uh, like uh, the children of Israel in the wilderness had built a bull, that Americans had trusted in a bull, and it was the bull of Wall Street, and that there was getting ready to be uh, an implosion uh, within Wall Street, and that God was going to grind that bull up. And, uh, and then I started speaking out. The Lord says there's coming a, a collapse of securities, and many of you uh, have your securities and investments, and you'll, you'll lose those investments. And God says to shore up your investments. And God began to speak to me to encourage the people uh, to, to make certain investments and to move money around to save. How, how long ago did this occur? This happened, uh, I believe it was uh, right before uh, everything started in 2007. So all the members of your congregation are witness to this, that you, you said this before all these things took place. Not only all the members of my congregation, but we also do live television all over northeast Louisiana and southern Arkansas. So they were also witnesses as well. Uh, what else did God show you? Uh, God showed me uh, four winds being released upon the earth. Um, in, in the book of Revelation, the Bible speaks of four angels that are holding back the four winds of the earth. And these are not natural winds. These are supernatural winds. The Lord showed me, I believe, that they were the, they were, uh, the winds of economy, the winds of politics, uh, the winds of war, and the winds of religion. And God showed me a, a whirlwind that was beginning to blow, that was forming what I call the perfect storm. Actually, it would be the terrible storm that is coming on America because of their disobedience towards God and their rejection of God. And I begin to see these winds begin to blow. The first would start with the wind of economy. And then the Lord spoke to me and said, the wind of war and economy will begin to blow. And then the wind of politics and religion would begin to join them, and I saw these uh, happening, and I saw empires beginning to collapse. I saw uh, uh, Egypt going through the change and would, was telling my church that there's a change coming to Egypt because there has to be uh, prophecy fulfilled. Uh, saw the Middle East in turmoil. Uh, God began at this same time to give me dreams, and, uh, uh, and even one night a vision of a storm coming through America. We'll go into more detail a little later on in the week, but what I would like to know is how certain are you that we're in those last days right now, and how do you know it? Well, beyond a shadow of a doubt, we're in those last days, and I know that people have always said that there's been teaching concerning the last days ever since the days of the apostles, and that's true, but there are things, Sid, that you and I can say that we are seeing in our generation that nobody has ever been able to say they've seen in 3,500 years of history. The signs of the times are upon us. In Matthew chapter 16, in Jesus' day, the religious came and asked Jesus for a sign. 
And he said to them, he said, you can discern the weather. And I'm paraphrasing here. You can discern the weather, but you can't discern the signs of the time. And the problem is, is that uh, the church has become so religious that now we cannot discern the signs of the times. And just as Jesus, the Son of God, was standing in a prophetic day, the culmination of prophecies uh, of four thousands of years had led up to him standing in that day before those men, and they could not see it. So also the signs of the times are upon this generation, and they can't see it. It's almost like they're literally, as the scripture says, there is a blindness upon the people, and they're not discerning. Yeah, you know the, the scriptures talk about a blindness on the eyes of Jewish people as to who Jesus is, but what you're describing is a blindness on the eyes of people that call themselves Christian even. Without a shadow of a doubt, there is a heavy blindness upon people who claim to be Christians and who call themselves Christians. They are not alert to what is going on in the earth because they do not know the Word of God. They don't know the Scripture, and they don't know the signs to look for. Well, tell me, I had a dream, and in this dream, and I've never had a dream like this before in my life, Shane, and in this dream, I said out loud, Jesus is coming back soon. Jesus is coming back soon. Jesus is coming back soon. Uh, I've never done this before. I have, to, And then a spiritual son of mine uh, had an open vision in which he was actually there. And he saw what the Bible refers to as the day of the Lord. And this was the thing that, that struck me so strongly when he described this vision to me. He said, the people were saying, I thought I had more time. Do you believe Jesus is going to return in your lifetime? I, I am convinced that Jesus is going to return in my lifetime and could be any day. And there are several reasons. Can I give you some of those reasons? Please. First of all, in 1948, the rebirth of the nation of Israel, Jesus in Matthew chapter 24, verses 32 through 35, talks about the parable of the fig tree. And, there, and, and the prophets speak about a nation being born in a day. Now, I want you to think about something. I want your listeners to think about something. That the prophets Ezekiel, Daniel, Isaiah, Zechariah, Amos, Jeremiah, etc., clearly pointed out that in the time of the end that Israel would be a nation, that Jerusalem would be the capital, that the Jews would be back in the land. So with that, clear, with that fact stated, I want you now to consider the following, that there's no end-time prophecy concerning the nation of Israel could have ever been fulfilled before 1948 because they did not exist as a nation. In the year 70 A.D., when the Roman 10th Legion surrounded the walls of Jerusalem and destroyed it, burned the temple to the ground, confiscated the temple treasures, took the Jews captive, from that time until 1948, the, the land that comprises Israel was called Palestine, and Israel did not exist as a sovereign nation. It passed from the hands of the Romans to the Byzantines to the Muslims to the Christians back to the Muslims, then to the British, when finally in 1948, God reestablished Israel as a nation. At the same time in 1948, when that happened in Israel, the great healing movements broke out in America. And it, it, there's, a, there's a prophetic connection, hopefully we can get to one of your programs, between America and Israel. Another reason I believe Jesus is coming is Jerusalem is once again the capital of Israel. 
do you realize, and I know you do, Sid, but you realize that Psalm 102, verse 13 and 16, he says, You shall arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. In other words, there is a set time, a kairos, a moment. I, I, I tell you what, we're out of time right now, but I want to get these CDs in your hands as quickly as I can, because in the midst of the greatest judgment the world has ever seen, there is going to be a glory of God that is going to arise. And my guest, Shane Warren, has seen America's future. He, see, he was even told what to invest in. This seven-CD series is available for $37. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. Two six nine seven. My guest, Pastor Shane Warren, Senior Pastor of the First Assembly of God in West Monroe, Louisiana, uh, he's seen the future of America. And on yesterday's broadcast, I was saying, how can you be so sure Jesus is returning in your lifetime? I mean, uh, you, you go back, every generation of good Christians, Shane, has said of the good Christians, Jesus is coming back in my lifetime. Uh, so why is this different than any other generation? Well, simply put, uh, said there, there are signs that we can say as a generation that we have seen and that are coming to pass almost on a daily basis now before our eyes in the news media that no other generation in 3,500 years has seen. For example, the rebirth of the nation of Israel in 1948, which we discussed on your program yesterday. Uh, Jerusalem, once again becoming the capital. One of the most profound prophetic scriptures in your Bible is Psalm 102, verse 13 and 16, which says, You shall arise and have mercy upon Zion, Jerusalem, for the time to favor her. The set time is come. And then it says, When the Lord, in verse 16, When the Lord shall build up Zion, Jerusalem, he shall appear in his glory. Well, when Jerusalem was reestablished as the capital of Israel, oh my, that was a prophetic sign to you and I that Jesus is very, very, very close to coming right now, and we need to get ourselves right. Or what about the sign of the alignment of the nations? You know, Ezekiel 38 and 39 list a, a whole uh, a plethora of nations that are going to align against the nation of Israel. And many of them weren't even in existence at the time of their listing. But yet, Ezekiel 38, 5 and 6, just the five or six names that are listed there, all of them are aligning themselves against the nation of Israel right now. And it's in the news media before our eyes. Or the end-time signs are accelerating. You know, the, the earthquakes and all of those things that are happening are signs that are pointing right now that Jesus is coming. And to me... One of the biggest one is the Jews are returning to possess the land, as prophesied in Matthew 24, verse 31. I mean, do you realize, to put it in perspective, that the amount of Jews that have come from around the world to come back into Jerusalem equates to approximately 15% of Israel's population? That would be the equivalent of over 40 million people deciding to move into the United States in less than three years. 
And that is a prophetic sign. The, you know, one of the powerful scriptures said is Jeremiah 16 says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when it will no more be said that the Lord lives who brought up the, the, land, uh, the children out of the land of Egypt. But the Lord lives that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands where he had driven them. Did you know Jeremiah, the prophet, said there's coming a day when in Israel they'll no longer say, hey, do you remember the story of how the God brought the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage, but instead they'll talk about the great gathering that is taking place? Sid, as you know, that's happening right now. As you and, and, and in Judaism, we remember every year at Passover that great miracle uh, of the Exodus, and, and, and what, what the prophet says is something is coming that will eclipse that. Absolutely, and it's happening right now. And if I had time, I could even tell you that God even prophesied the name of some of the airlines that would bring them back to the Holy Land. When he prophesies in the, in, in the prophets that they'll come on eagles' wings. Well, you and I have a friend who brings Jews back to the Holy Land on an airline called Eagles' Wings. I mean, God had it nailed, and all of these things are signs, and the people need to wake up. Jesus is coming very, very soon, and there's, there's much that we have to talk about it. I mean, why would he wake me up saying out loud three times, Jesus is coming back soon. Jesus is coming back soon. Jesus is coming back soon. What about America? You say God's showing you that America is on a very slippery slope. Uh, listen, Sid, God has shown me that America is on a very slip, slippery slope into destruction, and it's happening very, very quick. I believe that we have approximately eight more years to get our act together, if we have that long, and uh, because of something called a 400-year cycle. Explain what that cycle is. Okay. Whenever God brought the children of Israel into the Egyptian bondage, God prophesied or promised Abraham. He said they're going to be there 400 years because the iniquity of the Amorites have not yet come to the full. So evidently they took 400 years for the iniquity of the Amorites to come to the place that God said, I'm going to pour out judgment. Well, if you look at America, people focus on America only being 230-plus years old. But the fact of the matter is we're much older than that. The first compact in America was signed in the year 1620. Well, if you go from 1620 to 2020, that's 400 years. We're coming to a 400-year cycle. And the iniquity of America is building. It's growing. Every vile device and every vile sin is being allowed in America and even celebrated in America. And this is building up. And there's only a certain amount of time before judgment has to come. Uh, You point out that every empire crumbles for the same cause. What is that? Immorality, sexual immorality to be specific. Sexual immorality of every kind has been one of the great demises of every single empire of world history. You know, I don't see, as I read about Sodom and Gomorrah, I don't see any difference between America today and Sodom and Gomorrah, do you? No, absolutely not. In fact, America has taken it to a whole new level. We propagate it through media. We propagate it through every avenue that we can. And unless God's people 
get on their face and repent. And it starts with the church. Judgment always begins in the house of God. And the greatest promise we have in the church is in 1 Corinthians. It says, if we will judge ourselves, we shall not be judged. If we will judge ourselves and in the church get ourselves right and get on our face and seek God and begin to make a stand for righteousness, I believe God can visit America, but we are running out of time. Now, what if we don't do that? What if we don't repent as a nation, but individual Christians do that, individual churches do that? Take your church. What's going to happen to your church if there's all this turmoil in America? Well, I I believe in the last days that I believe we're in right now— that there's going to be, as the prophets talked about, places where it would rain in one city and there would be no rain in another city. I believe that you're literally going to see churches and places where they seek God and they're, they're hungry for God. There's going to be an outpouring of the glory and there'll be revival in many of those cities. And then there'll be some cities that are given over to gross darkness because the people of God have become lethargic and lazy and they're asleep and they have not awake, awakened themselves unto what God is doing in the last days. You teach about, uh, from uh, the book of Revelation, the four angels holding back the four winds. What is God showing you? There are four winds that have always... Uh, uh, formed nations throughout history. The One of the winds is the wind of war. You know, nations and boundaries of nations have been formed by war, but also the wind of economy. Nations are controlled, and they rise and fall, and actually their boundaries are moved because of economies or the collapse thereof. Then there's the wind of religion. You know that religious wars and religion has been one of the guiding factors that has set boundaries in the nation. But another one is the wind of politics. And here's what's happening right now. All of those winds are being released upon the earth at the same time. You know, you have the wind of war, the wind of religion. Think about it. The wind of politics, the wind of economy. Those stormy winds are all blowing at the same time, and they're forming a great storm right now upon America and many other nations. Now, now you teach from Deuteronomy 28, the chapter on the curses, and you teach some amazing revelation uh, from that chapter. For instance, uh, economically, uh, you talk about China's new position with our money. (laughs) What did God show you? Well, the, the scripture in Deuteronomy, there are 12 curses that come upon a nation that forgets God, that turns from God. And one of those curses is that we would become the, the borrower and not the lender. Well, right now, we are in great debt to other nations, China being one of the primary ones. That is, a, that is an exact, uh, almost an exact uh, word from Deuteronomy, which talks about these curses that come upon a nation that forget God. Uh, and, and a few of them. I mean, it's amazing. It's like reading about uh, what's going on in America right now. Uh, what about dysfunctional families? Well, the, the Bible says that uh, we would not enjoy our children. Deuteronomy 28 says one of the curses is you won't enjoy your children and that your children will go into captivity. We'll look at our children and our families and the breakdown of the home in America. This is one of the curses that was talked about in Deuteronomy 28 and is in the teaching that I've given you. Uh, what about bankruptcy? 
absolutely. Bankruptcy is another one of those things. It says that they'll plant vineyards that they won't eat out of. They'll build houses that they won't live in. That is a description of, of the bank foreclosures and uh, property foreclosures that we're seeing all over America. And again, all of this is in the Word of God. Uh, what about the in- loss of an entire generation of young people? Oh, absolutely. The scripture in Deuteronomy says that they'll be carried away in the captivity. And right now we're losing that. Uh, you know, we are several generations now removed. I used to, I, I pastor in the Bible Belt, but used to, I give an, an altar call and, you know, I, I would have people that would give their heart to the Lord, but almost all of them, Sid, had known about church, heard about church, knew something about the Lord of somewhat. But now I'm giving an altar call, and people are coming to the altar in vast numbers that have never been in church not one single time in their life, which means that revelation of an honor for God and an honor for things that are holy have not been passed down from generation to generation in America. And that's the reason we're on a slippery slope and have a very short window to seize an opportunity for a touch from God. And, and you talk about a convergen, uh, convergence of these four winds that is coming, but you talk about another wind. Yeah, there's another wind that is coming. And, and that's the good part about the gospel. The gospel doesn't leave us without hope. Yes, the winds of economy are blowing, the winds of politics, the winds of war, the wind of religion. All of these things are blowing all over the earth right now. Tell us the vision you had of the storm that's coming. I was uh, sitting on the couch one night and had actually uh, fallen asleep upon the couch, uh, staying up late one night. The television was on. I have a big screen television in my living room. And uh, in the middle of the night, I awoke. And when I sat up upon the couch and I looked at the television, I saw a weather report, almost like a a storm uh, report. And there was a news guy on there, an anchor man, and he said, ladies and gentlemen, the most amazing thing is happening. We don't understand this. It seems that a hurricane is hitting the heartland of America. And when I rubbed my eyes, Sid, and I sat up on the couch even further, I looked at the television, and I saw as a hurricane, and if you can imagine a big hurricane from a satellite view is what I saw, a hurricane literally stretching upon North America, the eye of that hurricane was coming down the center, the heartbeat of America. And he said, ladies and gentlemen, this is a storm of, of uh, biblical proportions. He literally said that. He said, this is a storm of biblical proportions. He said, we have a, a correspondent who is on the ground in the eye of the storm. Immediately, the television screen went to the eye of the storm, and there was a man, and the wind was blowing. And he was saying, this is an unusual storm, something like I've never seen before. He said, it's raining, but it's not raining water like everybody else thinks it's raining. And he reaches down, and he picks up a fistful of dollar bills, and you could see dollar bills swirling around him. He holds these dollar bills up, and he says, it is raining dollars. And uh, and immediately, I saw uh, I, I, they came back to the, uh, the anchor man on the news, and he said, Ladies and gentlemen, we've just heard of another catastrophe that has hit America. And I, they started going, and I, I assume that this is the New Madrid fault. But down the middle of America, again, there was an earthquake, and they were showing pictures of devastation of this earthquake. And when I saw this, immediately a voice came in the room that I was sitting in and said, 
they have divided my land. Now I will divide their land. What What did that mean? Well, uh, as you know, our our administration and and several administrations over the last uh, several presidencies, there have been some issues with Israel and the dividing of the land uh, of Israel. Even recently, on our news, uh, issues with Israel and the dividing of our of the land of Israel and how our administration is encouraging them to give up land uh, that actually belongs to them. And I believe that the Lord was saying, because they have divided his land, that now he will divide our land. It was a sign of judgment coming to the land. What- uh, but, but you know, uh, that is also in Scripture, this vision that you had. In, in, in Scripture, God in the, in the book of Leviticus says that Israel is not the Jewish people's land. It's not the Arabs' land. He says, it's my land land. And that's the exact word he uses. And by the way, and then the 105th Psalm, uh, verse 8 through 11, says that God has leased this land to the Jewish people unconditionally forever for a thousand generations. And then in Joel chapter 4, God says the single sin that will be the tipping point of a nation And he says this, I quote exactly, for dividing up my land. And God wants that message out, and that's why he showed that to you. Uh, Go on. Well, and I'm I'm just going to stop right here and pause and say that it is important for every listener right now to make sure that they vote the land of Israel. If America turns their back on the land of Israel, we are a nation that is headed for destruction, and you can believe it. Every time... Any administration has ever sided against the land of Israel within 24 hours, a major catastrophe has hit our shores in the form of storms, earthquakes, and tragedies, and we don't need that. We must stand with the nation of Israel. Now, you um, also saw—now, when you saw that money, what did that mean? I saw great inflation taking place, that there's an economic storm. I know everybody is saying that the economy is turning around, and my message is not doom and gloom. My message is power and boom. Listen, God's going to get glory here. God's going to raise his church up, and people are going to see us. But I'm telling you that the economic storm is is not over. It's far from over. The wind has yet to escalate. The economic wind has yet to escalate. I saw great inflation. Now, you also saw a room of some of the le- filled with some of the leaders of the world. Describe that. That's, that's so important. I've got to get this on the air. Yeah, and, and I've, I've preached this in churches, and it, this happened just a, a few weeks ago. The news media uh, responded and confirmed this, this, this uh, dream. I was in a dream. I was in the Middle East in a great room somewhere. I can't tell you exactly where I was, but I knew I was in the Middle East. I was in an Arab nation, and there were leaders from the world gathered around a table. Uh, Iran was there. China was there. India was there. Pakistan. Turkey was there. Egypt was there. uh, Russia was there at the table. In fact, Russia and China were major players at that table. And what they were doing is talking about how to devalue the dollar. And one of them stood up and said, I know how we can do it. America does no longer, they don't value their dollar based on the gold standard anymore. We will buy oil with gold. 
and we will change the way oil is valued according to gold, and it will drive the value of the dollar down. And what did you see on the news confirming this? Just a few weeks ago in the news, and in all of the major newspapers, they were saying to their shock, to America's shock, which I do not believe, but to America's shock, there was a private meetings going on, and now you have uh, people agreeing to buy oil from Iran, Russia, uh, China, and others agreeing to buy oil, and they're going to give them gold for oil. And and you say that uh, the, the American church, America, is not even prepared for what's about ready to happen from what you've seen. No, they're not. And they have scoffed at prophets who have uh, told them what is coming. But I'm telling you that it's coming, and it's coming very, very quickly. The good news is that the church is going to have its greatest moment to shine because when there is darkness in Egypt, there's always light in Goshen. And God is going to shine a glorious light out of his church in the dark days. And and as you point out, and as the Word of God points out, uh, God has not left us without a prophet, um, without prophecies as to what's going to happen. He doesn't want his worshipers left suffering like the world. No, the Scripture says he doesn't do anything in the earth unless he first reveals it to his prophets. Now, you had a vision of of the believers that go to your church, and it's not that they have to go to your church, but go to a church in which Jesus is really Lord. Uh, Tell me what you saw going on when all this inflation is going on and uh, all this shifting of devaluating the U.S. dollar. Uh, What did you see going on with the believers in your church with represent true believers anywhere. I saw God prospering them greatly. I saw many of them stepping in and making acquisitions. I saw the wealth of the wicked coming into the hands of righteous. I saw a transfer of wealth coming into the hands of those believers who have been faithful with their finances, faithful in giving, faithful in supporting the kingdom of God. I saw that transfer of wealth coming into their hands. That's the reason I said that that this this is not a doom and gloom message. This is a message that if we will prepare ourselves, God is going to position the church. You know, when the Samaritans were sitting outside the gate, one of the words there was position yourself. And that is a word from the Lord to your hearers right now. Position yourself for the days that are upon us, and God will use you mightily. And there will be a great transfer of wealth coming to the hands of the church. I mean, God even showed you certain areas that... uh you should invest in and that members in your congregation should invest in. Uh, and, and by the way, I, as I listen to your teaching, I know economic reasons why this thing is going to be true, but you didn't know this. You, you just know, knew what God was telling you. No, I, I'm a preacher and I try to stay within that realm, but God showed me uh, that silver was going to begin to climb and there was going to be uh, a great escalation of the price of silver. Tell me about the glory cloud that you saw in your church when in all this in the midst of all this darkness. Uh in the midst of all this I saw uh like a like a glorious cloud, literally a glory cloud, the glory of God in our church. I saw rivers flowing out of the balconies and the presence of God and people were running to the church for help. Americans are going to run back to the only thing, Sid, that they found any hope in years ago. Now, now, right now, half of the people in the United States of America are dependent on the government for money. 
Uh, but when the government runs out of money because of hyperinflation and what, what the devastation that you saw, there's only one place that will be able to supply the needs of the hurting humanity, and that was the place God designed in the first place. Absolutely. I saw great, uh, uh, with that, I, I see also great uh, demonstrations and even uh, almost like violence in the streets whenever these uh, uh, different things are lost because there's not enough money to, to keep up the subsidies. Whenever these things are lost, there's going to be violence in the street. But at the same time, I saw the church arise uh, with healing in their wings for this moment. Well, I want everyone that's listening to get these CDs by Pastor Shane Warren. I have seen America's future. He doesn't want you caught by surprise. He doesn't want you to crumble when the world crumbles. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. As a matter of fact, you explain how to overcome every attack in your life. Seven CDs called I've Seen America's Future, available for a gift of $37. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. We are closer to the return of Jesus than people can they can't even comprehend how close we are. And as you were explaining about the perfect storm that's coming from these four winds, four different directions that are, 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 are just converging together, uh, tell me about what you, you felt you, uh, you were going to do with your Bible when, when you were proclaiming this in the vision. Well, you know, uh, as well as I do, Sid, that there's, some, there's times that you're preaching, you almost feel like it's not sinking in what you're saying. And there's an urgency on your heart to share something, but it's almost like the people aren't connecting. Well, I mean, I, I got to the point, I was almost so frustrated because it was almost like they weren't hearing the word of the Lord, that it was like I just wanted to, to rip the pages out of my Bible and throw it at them and say, you're not hearing this, you're not hearing this. Now, did you actually see yourself doing this in the dream? I did. I did. And I saw great persecution uh, coming toward me because I was preaching this. The Lord spoke to me, and he said, they're going to persecute you because they want you to speak sweet and soft things. They want you to tell them sweet things. Uh, well, that, that's the tendency. Uh, it, it, it's called seeker-sensitive. Be sensitive to the non-believer. And it, the motivation sounds honorable, so the non-believer will become a believer. But when this type of shaking occurs and they've been told everything is going to be fantastic, uh, they're going to lose their faith as quickly as they got it. Yeah, they, there will be many churches that are mega churches now that will be emptied out because they did not tell them the truth. Now, tell me about the seven end-time attacks that you've seen. You know, in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, there is a dragon mentioned there. That dragon has seven heads. Most commentators feel that that dragon represents uh, heathen empires or uh, the seven major empires of world history. And I agree with that. But what's interesting is that dragon represents this beast. And 
you know the spirit of antichrist is is in the is kind of a melting pot of that dragon and the seven heads so if those seven heads represent seven different empires and you go back through history and you study each one of those empires you'll understand that there is a spirit behind each one of those empires and that spirit attacked the people of God within that empire in a certain prescribed way and so you can actually map out the seven attacks end time attacks that are coming upon the believer by looking at those empires and how those spirits worked within that empire tell me an example of one like for example uh, the Assyrian Empire was the second empire of world history when you study the Bible, there were 12 tribes of Israel. When Solomon died, his son Rehoboam took leadership. And when his son came to power, he was very arrogant. He ruled, the Bible says he ruled God's people in a harsh way. It led to a great division. The tribes of Israel split. And eventually the Assyrians invaded Israel and took the ten tribes of Israel into captivity, divided the kingdom. So the spirit that is behind Assyria, the, the Assyrian spirit, is the spirit of division. And so that you can see that spirit working all in the body of Christ right now, trying to divide the body of Christ. There's power and unity, but that is one of the spirits of this dragon. Another spirit is... Uh, but, but, you know, as you say that... I have never seen such division in the United States of America along every line. Democrat, Republican, male, female, uh, black, white, Hispanic. Um, it's, I've just never seen such division in my life. Uh, the, the, the division of, of someone that uh, believes in God and someone that doesn't. Uh, this division of people that want to be moral and people that don't want to be moral. Look at all these divisions. This, this is, Sid, a, a major spirit right now that is attacking America and attacking the body of Christ. But the church is just in a stupor, and they're playing games, and they don't realize that this is actually an, a spirit. Uh, you know, these seven heads of this dragon make up the Antichrist spirit. And in the last day, all seven of these spirits are going to stand at one time to attack the body of Christ and to attack nations. And so right now, this spirit is working. And it is, it is a spirit of the enemy that's been sent into the nation for our destruction. So, so there have been many Antichrist spirits throughout history. But what you're talking about is a convergence of all of them, which will be the Antichrist. Absolutely. And see, the, the spirit of the Antichrist, John said the spirit of the Antichrist is already here in his day. That was, that was in the early church period. Well, how can this, what is the spirit of Antichrist here? We know it's going to culminate in a man of sin, an actual man. But the spirit of Antichrist has to build the platform for that man to stand upon so that whenever he comes to do something that seems to be abnormal, it will readily be accepted by the public because the spirit will have already been in the public preparing the hearts and the minds of the people to accept them something that's abnormal as normal. Tell me about another one of those seven end-time attacks. Well, what about Babylon? Babylon was a major empire world history. You know, Babel uh, means confusion. And, uh, and so in the time of Daniel... Uh, you know, the king, they took the king Zedekiah, they took him captive, they, they gouged out his eyes, 
they took his sons captive. The, the, the children were taken captive. The Bible says they lost their ability to sing a song. They hung their harps upon the willow tree. This was under the Babylonian captivity. And so the Babylonian spirit is the spirit of confusion. Right now there is confusion upon many, even listeners that you have, and this is just something that's coming by the Lord now. There's confusion. There's people that are listening to us. They don't know which direction to go. They could, they don't know where to go. They, it's like they can't get any certain direction in their life. This is an end-time spirit that is sent against their life to keep them. And whenever the spirit of confusion comes, here's what happens. You lose your vision. They gouged out his eyes, Zedekiah's eyes. You lose your vision. Not only that, his sons were taken captive. Our children, we see the spirit of confusion at work by looking at our sons and daughters. Look at this generation, how bound they are and how they need such freedom. That is the spirit of Babylon. Uh, You know, my uh, granddaughter, my oldest granddaughter is in her first year of college, uh, and I went to visit her, and I can't believe how the morality has declined to such a degree. Uh, The belief in God has declined to such a degree in a major university in America. Uh, The the, the teaching has declined to such a degree. Uh, You know, they not only have co-ed dorms, but I said to my granddaughter, I was a little worried about her being in a dorm uh, that was co-ed. She said, oh, granddad, don't worry. Most of the guys are homosexual. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there there's several of these. Like, for example, the Grecian spirit. And Greece was another major world empire. Uh, you know what that spirit is? Is the passing, is persecution through the passing of laws. You know, I don't know how much time we have to expound on this. Just a little bit, please. This is important. You know, right before the rise of the Roman Empire, Alexander the Great died and the kingdom was divided amongst four generals. In 168 B.C., a man named Antiochus Epiphanes from the Seleucid dynasty passed laws against the Jews that they could no longer circumcise their sons. They couldn't worship on the Sabbath day. They couldn't read their Bible in the Hebrew language. That He would shut down synagogues. He even went into the temple and offered a pig on the altar. The pig was an offering to Zeus, as you well know. And so right now, what that spirit is is the spirit that passes laws that causes people to be bound or takes away religious freedom. Right now, we have major foundations that are, their whole purpose is to do nothing but to take away religious freedom. Daniel 7.25 says that the spirit of Antichrist will pass laws and times. This is a spirit of Greece. The Roman Empire is the spirit of tolerance. Do you hear that word mentioned at all in America? Huh. It's a middle, America's middle name. It's America's middle name. It's the spirit of tolerance. Did you know the Roman Empire? They tolerated every form of religion and sin except for Christianity. And, and, and that's what's so amazing. There isn't any fairness to this. Uh, you see all of these things being tolerated except Christianity. You see all of these so-called different ways to God being tolerated except Jesus. I mean, it just seems to me that alone should cause a light bulb to go off on someone that doesn't know Jesus. Why? I mean, if you're going to be prejudiced against religion, pick on all religions. Why just Jesus? Why just Christianity? Across the board. Be fair across the board. Right. You know, in my teaching, 
that I've given you, every single one of these, and we can't do this in just a few minutes, but every single one of these empires have major spirits behind them that are attacking the church and America right now, and the church needs to wake up. Shane, you heard the voice of God, and he said, America is in the crosshairs of prophecy. Uh, Elaborate on that. Well, I I just want to clarify that I love America. I believe America is a great nation. And I often have people ask me everywhere I teach, is America found anywhere in Bible prophecy? And I really feel like, Sid, that that's a legitimate question, because America is the greatest Gentile nation in the earth. America has more prosperity per capita than any other Gentile nation. America has the strongest military. America is the leader, believe it or not, in technology. America is the leader in people who read their Bible and study their Bible. America was founded as a Christian nation. America still leads the world in the publishing of the gospel. So can America, the strongest nation to assist the poor and the needy, be found anywhere in the 66 books, 1,189 chapters, 783,137 words of the Bible? And I believe that America can be found. I believe America is right in the crosshairs of prophecy. Please tell me, because uh, this is revelation to me. Well, I believe America's prophetic role can be found in the historical context, symbolisms, and patterns of two nations. First of all is Israel. Whether people know it or not, but America is divinely connected to the nation of Israel. We are connected to the nation of Israel. And in a moment, we'll talk about the founding of America, and I'll share some things that will blow our listeners away. So if you look at, at America and its connection to Israel, we find a spiritual pattern. But we can also find a political pattern in our connection to Rome. And so because of that, it puts us in a very unusual place in Bible prophecy. And, you know, uh, in in my teaching, I talk about there's several different theories. Like, for example, there's a prophecy in Isaiah chapter 18, verses 1 through 3, that talks about a land beyond the rivers of Ethiopia. Many people believe that that could possibly refer to America. I mean, who was he talking about there? There's another Jeremiah prophecy in Jeremiah chapter 50 and 51 uh, where Bible teachers believe that these two passages are cryptic references to America. There's another one uh, called the Mystery Babylonian Prophecies, which are Revelation chapter 17. And you've heard people say that, you know, that that Babylon there, that uh, represents New York. I don't believe that, but I'm just throwing out some places. One of the most amazing one is Daniel chapter 7. Verses 1 through 7, it speaks of different empires, the lion, the bear, the leopard, and iron teeth beast. I believe that you can look within that, and many of our founding fathers believed that Daniel chapter 7 was a prophecy, and they used Daniel chapter 7 to guide them in the birth of our nation. Well, if, the, if America is in prophecy, uh, what's going to happen to America? Well, America's in a very strange predicament right now. We are we are married to, to right now two people, if you will, if I can use that symbolism. First of all, we are divinely connected to the nation of Israel because we have Jewish roots within our nation. And I know that you're a Jew, and we love the Jewish people. We have Jewish roots in our nation. For example, a Jewish man by the name of Haim Solomon 
who was a broker who helped finance the revolution. After signing the Declaration of Independence, a committee was formed to design the seal of the United States. According to our Federalist brief, Thomas Jefferson suggested that we make a seal depicting the children of Israel being led with a pillar of cloud by fire out of the wilderness. Benjamin Franklin, now I thought all of these guys were deists, right? Right. Benjamin Franklin stood up, and he followed with the suggestion that it should be Moses dividing the sea and Pharaoh's army rather perishing in the Red Sea. So the Hebrew thread to our independence uh, is woven all throughout. You know, I've often wondered why there's a Jewish star on our dollar bill. Well, I'm, I'm getting to that. After studying uh, the Bible and specifically the book of Daniel, a man by the name of Haim Solomon, this financier of the revolution, read this passage and believed it to be speaking of this newly formed nation called America. And so when he was asked to design the dollar bill, he designed it. He, the, if you take out a dollar bill, right now if your leader, uh, uh, listeners will take out a dollar bill, you see an eagle that has arrows in one claw, an olive branch in the other. The arrows represent war. The olive branch represents peace. The eagles face the olive branch. America is always a nation of peace and has fought for peace. The arrows uh, show the necessity of war from time to time. The eagle has no crown like the English coat of arms, but because this nation would not be a, a nation that is ruled by a king, but rather would be a nation for the people and by the people. On the, over the head of the eagles, 13 stars surrounding the, by a circle of clouds. The stars are called the Magan David, the Star of David. There were 13 colonies. There were 13 signers of the Declaration of Independence. There were 13 stripes on our flag, 13 levels on the pyramid, 13 Latin letters above it, which, which literally mean God blessed our undertaking, 13 letters in the motto, E Pluribus Unum, one nation from many people, 13 bars on the shield in front of the eagle, 13 leaves on the olive branch, 13 arrows in the hand, and this was all designed by a Jewish man. So America has strong Hebraic connections. Even Columbus, who was coming to find new land, was believed to be a Jew. Well, with this tremendous connection with the Jewish roots of America, the Hebraic heritage, if you will, uh, I understand there was a debate in the early years of America uh, as to whether we should observe the Feast of Tabernacles uh, as Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving as Thanksgiving. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And most of our listeners don't know that because this kind of history is not taught. So with that said, we have a divine connection to the nation of Israel, which means we must stand with the nation of Israel. But at the same time, Sid, we have this real weird connection with something called oil. And this oil dependence has put us in a very strange predicament. It's put us in the crosshairs of prophecy because we have to keep this balance or our leaders think they have to keep this balance and they have to strategically play with all the players that are in the oil uh, in the Middle East that control the oil in the Middle East. But at the same time, we've got to control this thing that we have going on with Israel. And it puts us in a great crosshair prophecy. And God forbid, God help us if we side with those who control the oil versus siding with the God of Israel and the people of Israel, uh, that we are divinely have a covenant with God with them. Now, why, in your opinion, 
are there so many um, obstacles for America just developing its own natural resources of oil? It's almost, it almost seems as if it's diabolical. It's, it is diabolical. And it, it is setting up uh, what I believe uh, everything that, that we read about in prophecy. It's setting up the great wars that are to come. These wars are going to end up being fought over these issues. And you know right now, even as you and I talk on this phone, there is a lot of stress in the Middle East. And you have America kind of trying to play both sides of the fence here. Eventually, America is going to have to come down the, the uh, one side or the other. My fear is, is that America will side, on the, uh, will side with those that we have a covenant over oil with. When in reality, we better side with the nation of Israel and stand with the nation of Israel. Is there any chance that America will side with Israel, in your opinion? I'll be honest with you. My heart is struggling. My heart is broken. And as you ask me that, uh, you know, though my hope and my desire, my prayer, of course, is that they would side. But when I read the prophecies, and it talks about the sons of Tarshish coming to the great leaders who have come to Israel to take a spoil. And they just ask them, have you come to take a spoil? Well, here the armies are surrounding the nation of Israel to take a spoil. Of course they've come to take spoil. That, doesn't, that, sounds, like a, that sounds like some form of diplomacy coming. And it's almost like we have left them alone. But you and I have the great wonderful promise that the God of Israel the God who never sleeps, the God who never slumbers, will watch over them and take care of them and will protect them and will make sure that uh, they're surrounded uh, with wonderful love and wonderful arms of protection. And so my hope and prayer to answer that, Sid, is yes, I hope we side with Israel, but with our current administration and the current things that are going on in America, I don't see us doing it. Well, it's going to take more than a change in administration. It's going to take a change of heart. It's going to take a blowing of this wind that you've seen of the Holy Spirit. And one more time, God, send that Holy Spirit on America. I am urging you to get these CDs by Pastor Shane Warren. It's titled, I've Seen America's Future. Seven CDs for $37. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. To receive a complimentary copy of our bi-monthly teaching newsletter, materials catalog, or information about becoming Mishpucha or Chalitzim, write to me, Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. To place a credit card order, call anytime, 1-800-447-2697. For all other calls, the number is 704-943-6500. That's 704-943-6500. For a CD of this week's broadcast, send a donation to Sid Roth. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.